Hello everybody, I'm going to do another scenario analysis, this time with Jeff Hallett. Um, I picked Village of the Damned, or the Darned, Village of the Darned, this is a family program, ASL scenario AP18, quiz show, where do your APs come from? That's right, the action packs. This one particularly is from Action Pack 3, the one with a lot of the Italians and the uh, Eastern Front stuff. So why did I pick this particular scenario? Because it's short. It's five and a half turns. It's a weeknight. We're going to try and play through it to Action Pack 4. Um, I asked Joe about that. Did you play all the Italian jet ones you already had? No, he goes, you know, they're full of, like, wounded guys and cruddy Italian troops and... You know, he just likes that Normandy thing, and I can see his point, and this is probably the scenario he was thinking about, because it's got walking wounded. Uh, the setup is the Russians are trying to break all of the Italian and German troops on the board. It's board 48, if you want to set it up. I've turned my board 48, so I am looking at the east, because the Russians are going to come on from the north, east, and or south. I think if Jeff's smart, he'll try and come on from at least two of those three sides, maybe a little token force on the other side also. Victory conditions, the Russians win at game end if there are no unbroken Axis multi-man counters on between Hex Rose J and U. So it's pretty much this one long street running in a diagonal, and a bunch of buildings. And I was already thinking I might run and try and go hide in the corner of the board near the end of the game. That's not going to work. I have to stay between J and U. Now knowing that, he may just want to come on from that east edge only and fight his way into these houses. And in four and a half turns, I don't know if I said it was five, four, four and a half, I guess. So that's um, four and a half turns. So the Russian moves first and the Russian moves last. We have a lot of special rules here. Um, there are two blazes placed on board if you're looking at special rule two. Mine ended up in R2, which kind of bugs me a little because I thought that might make a nice little, I don't know, you to call it a hedgehog to set up some defense in and hit him right as he's entering. But with that gone, uh, also R6 is a blaze. R6. And that messes up what I was hoping to have is a little movement back toward the back of the board through these houses, all wooden houses. Again, one street running diagonally. And getting around that blaze is going to push me out into the open ground, if I'm not mistaken. There's no grain in effect. It is December 1942. A mild breeze. Ground snow. So quiz show, what does ground snow do for you? That's right, those of you that said um, you get a plus one when you're shot at up to eight hexes if infantry. I'm sorry, beyond eight hexes if you're infantry. So when they get in closer than eight, you don't get that plus one bonus. So it doesn't come into effect a whole lot of times. But that may allow him to move through this open ground on either end of the board. There's also a gully running right up to, close to the edge of this road near the back end of it. That uh, if I were Jeff, I'd come through that and jump right up. Well, but that's going to be slow movement probably also. So he's got to keep that in mind. Maybe I wouldn't come through that. 
The winner of Camouflage, plus one when fired upon beyond eight hexes of infantry or beyond 16 otherwise. You get a neg one to your concealment die roll with the winter camouflage. Makes sense. And you may assault move or advance into open ground regardless of range from the enemy without loss of the concealment or the question mark. That's cool. Problem is he's not going to be having the time in a four and a half turn game to go assault moving and advancing through the open ground. Well, it might help him here and there. We'll see. Um, during ground smoke conditions are wet. Now, it's interesting with these fires on board. I didn't know this. I'm reading rule 3.721. During ground snow, blazes will spread to adjacent hexes only if the connecting hex side crosses a building or woods hex. So they have to be connected. So these buildings, will not the blaze will not spread because of the snow unless there's a gust, unless spread by gusts. Uh, streams become frozen. There's no streams. That's about the most of it here. Infantry movement up and down an elevation level. This one I always remember. I always forget about the um, concealment. Neg one of the concealment die roll. But up and down a hill or a level change. Uh, not a stairway, of course. You, you have a plus one to the movement. Extra movement factor. And vehicles expend uh, an extra one... or. On the road, they can't move at a half. The minimum is a one. Um, all non-tracked vehicles must expend one extra movement point per hexide crossed. Non-tracked. Now, the winter camel we covered. The Russian vehicles radio-equipped. And in Special Rule 4, in one close combat, the Russian can declare hand-to-hand -hand co uh, close combat. It's going to give him... The negs, and he's probably going to be willing to sacrifice the to wipe me out at some point. Um, chance of me also getting those negs. Um, well, no, let's see. If he declares hand-to-hand -hand combat, oh, we both just bounce to the red numbers. Sorry, there's, I don't think there's any negs. I'm thinking Japanese get an extra neg. Hand-to-hand, -hand, it's going to go to the red numbers. It means it increases both of our chances to kill. So probably he'll want to do that when he outnumbers me, perhaps. And gets a larger benefit. And here's the bummer rule five. I designate, may secretly designate the nine egg two Italian leader as wounded, four Italian and two German squads as walking wounded. Okay, which will reduce their movement factor to three, reduce their IPC to two, and they get a plus one to all close combat they make and a neg one when they're attacked in close combat. Very bad for this particular game. And the status of the wounded remains secret until the penalties must be applied, which doesn't make sense to me because there's only one 9-2 Italian leader, so he'll know that. There's only two German squads and a German half-squad. So it doesn't say half-squads, or does the term squad mean both squads and half-squads? I don't think so. Four Italian squads. And then you cannot deploy... I might have to check that, but... Units, no access units may deploy during setup. Key thing there, because I'm, you know, he's got to break all my multi-man counters. The more I have, the harder it is to break them. So I don't get to deploy it all either. The walking wounded rules were something I first saw in, I think it was the Heat of Battle game, Bridge Too Far. But the name of the Heat of Battle game was something else, God Save the King. And I think I think that came from that game originally, and uh, was then used in the official MMP 
production of that game of Bridge Too Far. And so there are counters to mark those wounded once they're revealed to the enemy. Critical of this game will be do not stack. You know, a lucky shot will break a lot of multi-man counters. I have to slow him down, so I have to cover a lot of open ground. I have to keep somebody alive at the end, which means I mean I need good leaders, which I don't have. The 9-neg-2 is wounded. He's a 9-neg-1 then. I'm sorry, probably an 8-neg-1. Uh, I have a 6-plus-1, an 8-0 Italian leader, and I have one 8-0 German leader. So there are not a lot of negatives in this leadership group today. I'm suspecting that the Italian leaders can't rally the German leaders, but I've forgotten that rule also. I so rarely have a mixed nationality force on board. I've placed, I've decided to put my three conscript squads out front, O2, P2, and S3. Think Thinking is, if they break, they have a longer time maybe to try and rally. But to keep him from storming on into them when they're broken, which he's going to need to do, bring the heat quick, um, I could put a 3, 4, 6 maybe in P3 and a 9-neg-2 leader, which is now 8-neg-1 because wounding to P4. So the squad in the orchard in O2, or do I even want to be in that orchard? Well, my lot, I think, I'm thinking the orchard because there's open ground all around him. He's got to enter. And um, I might get a couple of neg shots. He can route back to the building, end up perhaps in P4 or O5. I'm just going to go P4. O5, I'm going to go with the other 3, 4, 6. I have a conscript on the other side here, S3, 336. I'm doing a leader in B R three R three next to that place because that guy's got a route also in rally to protect them. I'm putting a elite Italian four four seven in the light machine gun because he's the only one that'll rally on a seven. Everyone else will rally on fives. Even the first line troops don't like that at all. But he's going to have to use his machine gun to keep people from perhaps crossing through. You know, maybe a fire lane, think fire lanes again, over to, toward Q1 somehow, cut off that open ground, perhaps. Back it him up, 3, 4, 6, and T4. It's pretty far set up, up close to where he enters. Maybe it's not smart. The Italians, 6 plus 1, what do I do with him? Well, he maybe needed an R5. To rally. The problem with the 6 plus 1 on rally is you have to count the plus 1. Whereas when troops fire, you don't have to count the plus 1. So he could perhaps prevent towering somewhere and be made put to better use. But I'm just thinking rally, rally, rally for this game with those scenario, uh, victory conditions, those victory conditions. I have some concealments. What do I do with those? I currently have 10 units all spread out and 5 concealment counters for the Italians. Um, I don't think I can build dummy groups. He's going to be looking at the board. After I set up, I can place my concealment counters that are given in the OB. Then he can look at the board. So if you're just making concealment stacks with five counters, I mean dummy stacks, 
I think it's going to look pretty obvious. So I'm thinking about stacking my people all under concealment counters the five, into five stacks, but that just seems like giving them too good of a chance to break them. When he moves, I'm going to have to fire first. So maybe I want to conceal P3. The leader in nine in P4. And I don't know, 05? Maybe, maybe not. He's going to want to break my concealment, but it shouldn't be hard to do with advancing fire with a lot of troops he's got coming on. Troop quantities are close to equal. I think I had... Nine and a half. He's got 11 total squads. Um, but again, he's got a much better quality. And he's not wounded and all. So let's conceal P4. Oh, I don't know why I would do that. Perhaps the leader, the 80 and R3, make him think it's a squad. And perhaps, you know, I could move the squad from O. 05 into P4 also. You can cover pretty much the same territory with gunfire with the leader. Put the concealment on that. Freeze up. May confuse him just a little more. Uh, let's say he doesn't come from the south edge or from around hex U1. I could cover up my light machine gun on the end also. Make it look like a big stack with a good line of fire. Uh, my Germans... I don't know, do they try and hold the gully? Do you put one in J5 and K7 and a half squad whose <laughs> only goal is to be the sole survivor in P7? And if he's alive or not broken at the end, the Germans and the, and the Xs win. German and Italians win. Uh, German leader. Yeah, I think I'm abandoning that gully. Let him come through that gully. It's going to slow him down. Why not put the Germans in M6, K7. They can route, hopefully, to M8, where the German leader goes. And then you can conceal all three squads. Probably the P7 ploy is too obvious. Maybe better to set up in P6. Maybe even better in 05. They have winter camo, so they can advance and retain concealment. Is that what I read? They can assault move advance into open ground regardless of range without loss of concealment. Aha. They you have some options to cross the street and advance into the second row of houses on the south side, or not the south side, uh west side of the road toward me. Keeping that concealment. All the Germans may have to do it. And then try and hold out there. But then you're giving him the plus two houses for cover. His problem is crossing that open ground. So he's probably going to come on that east edge. He has a vehicle. Yikes. It's 42. Do Germans have Panzerfausts? I don't think so. I think with my time considerations this evening... I have to go pick up my kids and get back here in time for Jeff to, to at 6.30. We can get the game in and do some after-action reports. Let's leave the setup like that right now. As I said in the last one, I like to come back and look at it again in, in a little bit of time and rethink things, but I'm not going to have time to rethink it when I come back. I mean, 
and I'm back before Jeff arrived. So I'm looking at my setup again because I was out there driving my kids, picking them up from piano, taking my daughter to soccer, talking to my boys. I was sneaking in some ASL thoughts. Uh, boy, that long road, if he gets a shot down that road and he's adjacent to anybody that has to route out of those buildings, you know, they'll have to surrender to him. That's a sneaky little rule somewhere in the book. If the enemy's adjacent to you and your routing requires you to go into an, uh, is it an open ground hex maybe? Where the enemy has a shot at you, I think you have to surrender. So that looks bad. I have to make sure that doesn't happen to me. So the guys around U4, T4 have to do a good job of keeping that open. So no enemy gets a, sh a shot down there with that medium machine gun. Hopefully Jeff won't figure that out and set that up. Oh, I'm sure he will. Otherwise, I don't have a lot of time to rearrange unless he's going to be really late. He's still got 30 seconds to get here. Um, I guess I'll leave it. Because if you go out to X2 and try and hold him off there, keep him off that road with that medium, I think you're just going to get cut off from nowhere to route safely out of there. So... That's too dangerous. I'm just going to leave it as it is, and we'll see how I do. All right, and I was also thinking out driving around, really keeping that concealment maybe and using that advance, and then, you know, for, the, for all the Germans and not have any of them fight. It's a possibility. We'll say goodbye until Jeff gets here in a few minutes. Well, I just realized that when you get OB, um... Designated concealment counters, those are all put in as dummies. And then you cover up everyone else if your opponent is coming from off-board. So I did this wrong on the other scenario analysis I did with Rick. I was trying to, to get it right. I double-checked the rule. For years I played it correctly. And then to have embarrassingly misinterpreted it, because just because I was recording myself and said, holy cow, you know, both players set up, so he sets off off-board. And then... We both cover up with concealments. What a horrible mistake. Um, I know much better than that, and so now I'm going to correct my setup. And so here's what I've changed. I decided to put two German dummies down in J9, try and draw him down that way really well. The goal is to hold R9, I think, toward the center. Um, and then I took um, Italian dummies... Up in U2, three of them. And that's to dissuade him from going to V1 and trying to close off that road with a machine gun. And I stuck another two Italian dummies in 05 just to make it look like a nice roll of firepower out there. All right, that's it. And here comes Jeff. Well, now I guess it's my turn. All right, so I've taken a look at Dave's uh, setup here for Village of the Damned. He's got uh, his units pretty well distributed on the um, east side of the road. Most of them are on the east side of the road, all in wooden buildings, of course. Everything is concealed, so I don't know where anything is. Of course, he's out of the room right now, so he went to pick up his daughter from, from soccer or something, so I, I could actually look, but I'm going to pretend like I'm an honorable guy, and I'm not going to look.
But I've set up a defense, and I've decided to come in uh, with most of my troops, well, pretty well uh, actually distributed between the, uh, the northeast and the north side of the board. And uh, what I'm going to try to do is, uh, one thing that I do when I, whenever I look at a scenario, first of all, I look at the victory conditions. Boy, that's important. I was playing a game with Joe recently, and he misread the victory conditions ever so slightly, thinking that all he needed were units, any unit of any kind on the top of a hill, certain number of units. And we were within, uh, we were right at the last turn, and he asked me if I wanted to concede. And I looked at the board, and yes, he had units on the hill, but he didn't have infantry units on the hill, which is actually what the uh, the victory conditions stated. And uh, <laughs> I couldn't help it. I just said, I think you better read the victory conditions again. And he saw that he was a little lacking there. He needed one more point in infantry on the hill. And he, very luckily, he had a hero that uh, that he could run to the top of the hill and just barely made it and, and won the game. But anyway, reading the victory conditions is very important. So I know what the victory conditions are. I've got to break all of, all of Dave's units uh, in the center of the board. Next thing I do is I kind of look at... Um, at ranges of fire. Now he's got units that can fire normal ranges four. He's got a couple of units that can fire ranges of six. I like to keep that in mind because uh, as I'm moving in, I want to be aware of when I'm going to start coming into a range of fire. I've got units with a range of five and a normal range of four. So we're pretty well evenly matched on that, but I do have a one up on him in that I've got an armored fighting vehicle that has got. Um, course, a greater range than that. Uh, and so I'm going to be using that to my advantage, staying out of his range, firing as far away as possible, just trying to get him to lose concealment. So what I've got is um, my medium machine gun is set up to go on in um, H1 through the trees and into a wooden building. If I can get into a wooden building there, and, and there's a small outbuilding just outside uh, which is going to block line of sight from a couple of hexes. I still might take some fire there, but I think I've got enough cover there. I'm going to try to work my way down from the north side of the of the map. So the uh, once I get the machine gun in place, I'm going to be moving units from the north down into the gully and along the gully, which will be out of his line of sight, I can move them up pretty close and pop them up. The armor fighting vehicle, this is a, what is this, so oh, it's a German T, uh, sorry, it's a Russian T-60. Um, I'm going to move along the the extreme northwest edge of the board, trying to clear some concealment counters. I don't even think there, my guess is there's no units on that end of the board, but we'll see. Got a 6-1 leader that's going to go along with the machine gun, so I can take advantage of him. The other two leaders are going to be moving down the gully and uh, pop up in the trees. I've got some four four sevens that can move. Uh, well, they'll be behind some hedges, so they should be out of line of sight for a lot of their trip, at least until they get there. And again, I'm really going to bank on the fact that... Uh, Dave's units are very spread out and, well, not very spread out, but they are spread out, and I'm going to take advantage of these longer ranges. 
not bringing anybody up on the south side of the board because there is no cover down that way at all. And um, at least I've got the, the advantage of the gully and some trees, <clears throat> excuse me, some trees along the west edge. So here's the exact setup. There's a 237 coming on at L0, right in the trees. He's just going to sit there hoping to draw a little fire and Dave will give up some concealment. Then I have another 237 and a 447 coming in at J0. Same sort of thing, a little bit farther out of range. Um, in fact, out of normal fire ranging of all of Dave's units. Uh, then coming on at G, let's see, H, H0. Uh, first, I'm going to bring on the machine gun along with a 447 and a 61 liter. Move them two hexes up through the woods and then into the house. And All right, it's the end of turn two. And Jeff, how's it going? Well, let's tell it like it is, Dave. <laughs> it's actually the start of turn three. It's not even the end of turn two. It's the start of turn three, which is it's not looking good. So far, I've only managed to uh, break concealment on two of your units. Everything else is a big question mark, which is kind of a problem and a little uh, little bogged down. I've got lots of units down in the gully moving their way up, and they are going to be terrible to hold when they behold when they pop out of there. But they that are. concealment is uh, is a major factor. Yeah, they are going to be when you get pop out of that gully. I was thinking I should have been shifting some units. Okay, Jeff's coming on. The east side, uh, he's sending a half squad in L0, uh, concealed, assault moved to M1 on turn 2, and then advanced to N1, drew my fire off my O2 um, conscript battalion. I shot, no effect, then he shot, no effect, um, I advanced back. His machine gun heavy, his medium broke. Broke. Well, mouthed. Mouth, sorry. <laughs> and when he said mouth in tournaments, I thought they were talking about like mouth Ralph, like it was a bad mouth Ralph thing. Forgetting it meant malfunction. But he's in I2, trying to get some fire going on the row of houses. He's got a ton moving through the gully, which is kind of slow, right? A little bit slow. Kind of suck up three turns, but if yeah. they can burst out of there and wipe out this half of the board, um, maybe, and push into here. Possibly. I shouldn't say here. Wipe out the north side of the board easily enough because it's going to be hard to stop. He does have a couple units out here in the open E5, a squad, EF5, a squad, and a light. And I'm, I'm hoping to get some, I'm trying to keep them away with a 467 German in K7 house. My little squad in J9 is being shot at by his vehicle from C10. He's in C10 shooting at me there. So, and you're thinking when you plan this attack? Well, I was, I was, uh, kind of what I was hoping for were some better rolls. <laughs> I mean, it's going kind of the way I planned it, but I was hoping to have a, a, at least a couple more broken guys. A couple guys more broken guys, yeah. But it um, hasn't gone that way so far, but anything can happen. I got a lot of units that are going to pop up, pop up here, and they've got their concealment, so eh, we'll see what happens. I'm going to be in range. That's good. that's the main factor. Yes, and what I what I have been doing has been called skulking, moving out of Jeff's line of sight. For example, from P3 to Q4, with that concealed group, 
Um, so during your movement phase, I have assault move out of the house into the street where he can't see me because he's coming in from that northeast side. And then I do it with all the guys in those houses that I can. I was careful not to hit like N6 where he could see me from J0. Right. So I didn't go there. Although the Germans concealed, keep their concealment, but I, I lose the house benefit and so on. So I'm skulking back into my movement. I assault move out of the houses where he can't see me. He has no final fire. Yep. And then I advance back into the houses. During your advance phase. And, uh, yeah. Then Jeff's got a prep and he can't move. And so that's slowing him down also. He's going to either hit the open ground or he has to prep to try and break me. And when he preps, he cannot move. So that's something that's going okay to my advantage is the skulking part of this. Yeah. I may have to call uh, Batman. You will have to call I'm going to turn on the bat light. I'm calling Batman. So, well, we'll see what happens. I still have a big... Uh, Three turns. Yeah. And we'll go back to the game and check in later. And we're back. We're back. It is the... Uh, somewhere we're somewhere in turn four. Lost in turn four. Uh, four and a half. Coming four up on the yeah. Italian turn in four. Jeff, how are you feeling? Well, I've made a very important decision mm-hmm. as I've been playing here. And that is that I am never going to play this game ever, ever, ever again. Now, Jeff actually said that to me. And I can hear the Soviet cavalry troops riding up in the background. And I said, no, you cannot quit. I'm quitting. And why would you quit? I don't get it. He doesn't get it. I don't get it. Well, it's just so interesting to me that you can, you can, take, you can do a fire group. And have like 12 or 16. 30. 30 points. 30 uh-huh. fire points. And shoot into a building and get nothing. Nothing. That's the house rules in this house. I think I yeah. may have mentioned it on the show before. The bigger the fire group, the lower the um, results. Yeah, so. it, it's true. Uh, but but I could walk into a hex with a one resid and be killed. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Little so. one shot, one neg two. Yeah. And I'm just... Uh, it, there's You know, there's too many rules. <laughs> There's too many rules. You seem to have a rule for everything. There is a rule for everything. <laughs> and so yeah, and Bob just, knows them better than I do. Yeah, Bob is. Yeah. Well, he reads the charts. That helps. So, so I can see where I made some mistakes. Well, your uh, action so was. Why don't you describe that action that last turn? Well, on the last turn, turn when I when I was putting on my hat to leave <laughs> in disgust, yes, Dave, he was. Dave stopped me and he said, Jeff. Because that's my name. He said, Jeff, why don't you try, you know, do a human wave? And actually, I couldn't do a human wave. The Russians have this thing called a human wave. I didn't actually have enough, the units lined up enough to do a human wave. You needed but two per hex. need two per uh, hex. On average. On and he average, had one yeah. in a hex. But he had yeah. come out of this gully where he was lined up. Yeah. He did a brilliant emergence move. He was on, like, what? Um, Everybody spread out coming out J2, of J2, the... J3, J4, yep. uh, I6, H5. Yep. Uh, ready to go. Ready to go. Everybody's still concealed, so uh, at Dave's suggestion, I dropped concealment and ran the troops bravely into the fray. We right had to go. all the occupied buildings. It's turn, it was the only thing left. Turn, turn four. four. Jeff was thinking about prepping again, to, but he had, and then I, I'm like, well, you can't get to the end of the village unless you run. Yeah. So, and that's... Typically what happens is I think on the first 
turn or so, I'll prep fire and break some units, and that never happens. So I continue to prep fire turn after turn and not break units. And in something like this, you got to move. Excellent beginner strategy. Next time, I won't waste the time with it. I will move the units into the gully as quickly as I can and pop them out and start charging. Yep, you got to move. So turn four, he starts a run. One guy through. I'm trying to lay down my brilliant defensive fire I described in a previous episode. Yeah. I got two, a string of two resids, a string of one resids. Yeah. He hits the one, and what happened to the squad? <clears throat> he went. The squad went berserk. Berserk. Breaks berserk. right through. Enters a hex of two of my Italians. Yeah. And then, believe it or not, then unfortunately, uh, the sniper hit it. Rolled a sniper, and the sniper hit it. <laughs> Oh, you know what? Killed that berserk guy. Did we do that right? What? Maybe not. Oh. Now that I'm thinking about it, if I had two squads in there and you had a squad in there and the sniper hits an el- He may oh. not have been an eligible target, but if he was, I'm betting it was supposed to be a random location. Random, uh, random between dire- the three of us. Between the three of us. <laughs> Maybe. We better look that up, listeners. Better, yeah. Anyway, it was exciting. The berserk yeah, guy right. charges in. Then Jeff flanked around some of the resid, hopped into three buildings, specifically M6. And 505, his elites are making his morale checks of eight. And you tried to route. And, and what did you uh, do with this vehicle finally? Yeah, that, that, that was a good suggestion. At your, uh, I moved into the hex. What, is, what hex is that? K7? Moved into hex K7 there by yeah. locking up his in units, which were in there. They the can't fire Vehicle bypass freeze move. Yeah. So he froze them up. Ah, My German no squad could not. Vehicle bypass sh- freeze move, eh? My Germans could not shoot out, and that allowed them to bring up everyone else across that K row also. Yeah. Um, you tried to route some units, and they could not, and were... Oh, Jeff had the squad in L7, cutting off the route, as I described before the game. Um, so when he moved adjacent in L5, M5, N4, I couldn't route without being eliminated. Failure to route. He didn't take prisoners. Said he's not afraid of me rallying with his five or less on my Italian. The one Italian squad's crossing the street, looking a little grim there. Are we going to finish this out, Jeff? Yeah, I think we should. Do you? Don't you? Can you get to here? Uh, there's one no turn. way I could get to there. <laughs> <laughs> there's no way there's, I could get up to there. No. There's no way, Jeff, because no. he's in the role of O, N, and M. And K and J, he can't get to you. No. And in you, I have two concealed stacks. U2, U4. I've shifted around a little back there. Um, I'm also going to pull a squad back to R9 this turn. So he would have to hit those three faraway objectives. Never make it. Unless I develop the A-bomb. Well, unless you run down the street. Maybe we should play it out. I don't think it'll happen. Just want to try running down they, the street? I mean, they've got to survive. Be, they've got to be broken. The guys running down the street at night twos. I mean, the guys, I, your units have to be broken. Oh yeah, not no not peeking just under I, my concealment. Not just that I have to get there, but <laughs> he looked under my concealment. Yeah, I looked under your skirt mindlessly. Sorry. Um, I did that once in the game too. I, I just kind of reached over and started to pick up someone's concealment. Whoops. I don't know if I was thinking it was my squad or what. But you want to go for it? Is it worth it? Is it possible? It's not it's possible. possible. It's Anything not possible. is possible. It's not possible. Well, yeah, if you roll nothing but 12s or right. 11s. Right, and you walk right down I the street. Nothing. Okay. 
Well, let's... Okay. Let's stop it here. We're gonna go for it. See you in a minute. Uh, it is the end of the game. End of the game. After the last turn five, <laughs> my strategy was I pulled out of these buildings in the P row and ended up with a squad in Q3, a leader and two broken squads in B3. I put a squad of light and had the nine egg one. I'm sorry, not B3. R3 had the two brokens and a leader concealed. R4 had the squad, the light, and leader. R5 had a leader and a concealment counter. And then I threw back into R8 that German half squad I mentioned about earlier, getting him back there to try and win the game, with a squad in U4 and the three dummy stacks once I rearranged my beginning dummy counters in U2. So my strategy was to throw up a wall of infantry leaders, squads, that Jeff couldn't walk through. All right? And Jeff, then, what did you think? Or do? Well, I was I was a turn behind, a turn. I, w I would say. If I had just pushed a little harder at the beginning and not worried about uh, softening up anybody with prep fire before moving in, which is kind of my typical strategy that typically doesn't work. I should be learning that by now. <laughs> Got to push faster. It takes time. So couldn't couldn't quite um, get enough guys around the bend to to cover all of Dave's units. But um, actually ended up a little bit closer than I expected. Me too. A little bit. Closer In fact, as we neared the end game, and I built this yeah. really cool wall, and was thinking he can't possibly win. I realized he was just lining up, trying to get shots at all this stuff. Yeah. And some would have been easy shots at me in the open, like. Q3, um, his machine gun, the medium in I2, did break everybody in P2 to open it up. And I'm like, oh, now he can do an end run. So he ran a squad around to Q1 to get a shot over at U2. Yeah. Um, he started to line up all his shots really well. Yeah. And that was really good. And then and got a shot at everybody. And then I started thinking, well, wait a minute. Could he, could he possibly roll snakes, a three, and then snakes, and a four, and then end up breaking all me with those six morales? So, um, you know, these D6s are my downfall. I'm going to start playing with D4s. That would work. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. The highest I can roll is an 8. That's a lot better. That is correct. For, for future. And would you have attacked any differently looking at the board right now? Uh, well, you I came on over like here I in say, the north. Yeah, I think I would have done that again. I, through I actually the like, trench? Through, through the gully. What? Yeah. No way. Yeah. No way. Yeah, I would have moved through the gully. But, no, it took three turns sooner. to get to here. Well, I wasn't moving fast enough. But you, but it cost two to move through each hex. Yeah. Count it up. One, two, three, four, five, six, advance. One, two, three, four, advance. One, two, three, four, five, six, advance. Three turns to get to here. I'm thinking it's not going to cut it. Two turns left to get to here. Hmm. Well, I don't know. Well, three turns to J5. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So now, looking at that, is there a better way to attack this? I probably would have split forces north and south. Maybe the two orb. I like this attack on the east edge. Do you really? Yeah. You did it pretty well getting into O2. Yeah. Right, Orchard? Well, what if, what if there were four the squads yeah. doing this? You know? But then if you break, I guess there's some danger. Where do you route to? Well, yeah, that's M right. M0, right. L0. 
And you had there, you had a lot of buildings that have clear sight to those areas. Yes, it is true. I mean, um, if you decide to drop cover and fire group, you could really make a mess. Yeah, but I yeah, but I think I would probably try the K one area maybe again, or uh, at least the W one. It's got that orchard blocking it. You may pick up something. Yeah, but it maybe. depends how he sets up. So. Yeah. Anyway, anything else, Jeff? Uh, I am never playing this game again <laughs> until next week. <laughs> yes, you are. Right. Yes. Right. Next week. Yeah, next, next week. We'll, we'll teach you some more and keep playing and hope for some fun berserks and gun yeah. breaks and, or mouths and all that stuff. So. Yeah, a lot, of gr- a lot of good stuff can happen. All right. Well, until next time, we're going to yeah. say roll low. Roll low. And, and may the, the dice, dice be, be with, with you. you. But not when you're playing us. Me, especially me. (laughs) Good night, everybody. everybody. This has been a production of the Two Half Squads and is solely owned by its hosts. You may use this in any non-commercial endeavor as long as credit is given to the Two Half Squads.